Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Prairie Track and Field Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Enerson. And I'm your other host, Cameron Rail. And today we're here to give you the 2023 North Dakota State Meet Recap. We've got a lot of great information to share with you, a couple special guests. And we're going to start with our very first interview that we have here with none other than Kelsey Belquist, the four-time state champion. She won titles in the 300 hurdles, the 200, the 400, the 100 hurdles, set a couple overall state records in the process. And uh, it's her second year in a row winning four individual state titles. So Kelsey, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we started recording, I'd asked you if uh, the body had recovered from state yet. You ran a lot of events and you said it had, but how long did it take for you to feel like, all right, I got the legs back under me. I, I feel normal again. Honestly, it didn't take too long. I'm used to, normally I run all that stuff in normal meets and it, at the state meet, they're all, they're a lot closer than normal meets. So it was a little more challenging, but it only took a few days. It wasn't too bad. Yeah. You ran, I mean, you ran like a similar, I mean, it sounds like you do it every meet, but at Howard Wood too, uh, you ran basically, it seemed like every event you possibly could. So, uh, is that just the only way you, you like know how to do it? Is that how do you prefer doing it that way? Why are you, why are you always doing so many events? Um, my dad really likes to put me in a lot. Um, he, he like a lot of times I'll be like, Oh, maybe I should run three. And he's like, nah, I think we'll, I think we'll do four. And I'll be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think he just prefers to see me run all, all yeah. day. And honestly, I don't mind. Yeah. I mean, you, I mean, you obviously excel at it regardless of the, the number of events you're in. So, uh, does it ever like kind of creep in your mind? Like, Oh, maybe I could have gone faster if I had only done one event or it's just business as usual. We're just getting the job done regardless. I, I actually like doing four uh, at the state meet, uh, especially. I <laughs> I don't like the 400 as much as some people think I may, but <laughs> I, I will run it. But I also think that it helps me in my 200 because I, like, I, I think I stay warm because I have three events then after that in a row. And so I really think that actually does help to run um, a lot of events. Or I'm just used to it. Could be both. <laughs> yeah. Now, what's your favorite event? So for those that don't know, you won both hurdles, the 100 and 300 hurdles of the state meet, the two and the four. I'm sure you probably were in a lot of other events this season, maybe a few relays in there. Um, but what's your favorite? Like you finish the state meet and you go, the one race that was my my best, my overall favorite was? Uh, probably the 300 hurdles, even though <laughs> I did fall. But uh, even with that, I, I still do really like them which is kind of weird, but it's, it's like the perfect distance though, because when you go to college and some States have it for the high school schedule, but mm -hmm. 400 hurdles is a different animal. Like you just tack on a hundred meters and for whatever reason, it makes it so much more difficult, but the 300 hurdles, I would say it's closer to, you know, it's obviously right between the two and the four uh, distance wise, but I feel like the race plays out more like a 200 than mm -hmm. it does a four. Oh yeah, for sure. I, if I were to run an open 300, I think I'd honestly be more tired. Uh, I like running the hurdles. Like, I think it makes uh, running easier. Like, if I, I did the 400 hurdles uh, once last summer, and it, like, was completely different, but it almost seemed easier 400, which doesn't really make sense, but... Yeah, no, I, I totally know what you're talking about. So, I ran the steeplechase, and, you know, that's about as close as I'll get to... 
uh, hurdles, except for my uh, third place city finish in the 200 meter hurdles in seventh grade, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it is like, I don't know what it is. Well, it's, it's cause you're going over hurdles. And so you get to run a little bit slower for the three K, but it just felt like a better pace. Like it was a better pace fit for me. The steeplechase was, uh, then like the open three K. Um, so I, I totally know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I think it takes your, um, like your mind off of the feeling of running and you have to focus so much on like, especially in the hurdles. Cause there's so many of them. You have to focus on jumping over each one and making it over and, and your form. And, but I think when running you, you're really in your head about a lot of stuff. Yeah, for sure. So, go ahead, Ryan. So you mentioned your fall on the 300 hurdles and let's start there. Cause it is the first event you would have competed in, um, 300 hurdles, the prelims, you're, you won four titles as a sophomore. There's big expectations. And I wasn't there, but I saw the video. You take a tumble almost right away in the race. Tell us about, first of all, the thought of you going down. Do you fall frequently? I would guess no. No, that's, I've fallen once in practice. And then that's the only time I've ever fallen in a race. So, so it was a little scary. <laughs> So you, you hit the deck, you, you get back up though, right away and you take off. So in your, your head in that moment, you know, it seemed like it was pretty instinctual get up and finish, but you end up winning the heat, which I saw somebody had shared it on Facebook. I think they were trying to get it to go viral. I haven't checked the numbers, but <laughs> it was, it was really impressive. Just tell us about the rest of that race then. Oh, uh, well, I watched the video and I'm like, yeah, that's not how it felt. Like I look like I'm not like tired, but when I was running it, I thought I was going to like not finish the race. Like I was so dead. I almost fell over like three more hurdles after that. I think I was like pushing myself like so much because I was like, I don't know why my legs are hurting so bad. Like this has never happened. I think I'm just losing my 300 hurdle mojo. And <laughs> I talked to my dad after and he was like, well, I mean, that's like what happens when you fall, like you, you lose a lot of energy. And I was like, no, I just doesn't feel right. And he was like, yeah. it's just because you fell, like there's nothing wrong. So it was, there was just, it was a lot different than what I've been through. So honestly, I'm kind of glad it happened because um, just like it, it made me feel different things and it made, it makes my mindset. Uh, I think it made it a lot different the rest of the day and, and the next day too. Was the, was the first thought like panic or stress or was it just next hurdle? Like get oh, up, start running next hurdle. I hit it with my back foot and I was like, oh crap. Like it just like, like I think if there's a picture, like I just have fear in my eyes and I was like, oh my God. And then um, one of the flags guys was like telling me I'm like good and like yelling at me. And I was like, there's no way I stayed in my lane. Like I literally did a somersault. And it was just like so fast thinking. I was like, oh my God. And I just got up and I just kept running. And I was like, I just need to finish this race. I'm so done. Yeah. Well, that's good. Cause I, sometimes people get in those situations where they're, they get tripped up or they fall or whatever. And it's such a shock that they, they don't even think to get back up or they're just like, I had this perfect way of how my race was going to go in my head and it didn't happen like, and they just like panic and then they don't even give themselves the opportunity to, to finish the race or to, you know, qualify. And, uh, uh seemed like you had the, the qualifying for the, for the final pretty much under control, not even a fall, you know, really gotten your, in the way there. But, um, yeah, I think 
just the fact that you did get up right away and weren't, you know, from the fans perspective, weren't derailed by that. It just shows like good experience, good maturity and like good focus. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, <laughs> have you ever, have you ever seen the race video? It, Ryan, do you know which one I'm talking about? The, it's like the 600 at the big 10 championships or something like that indoors. Mm-hmm. Heather, is it Heather camp who, uh, I, th- I think that's what, it, anyway, there's this, there's Minnesota athlete who got tripped up in, in a 600 meter race and she's like way out of it, but she kicks, like she just gets back up and finishes the race and wins like the big 10 title in the indoor 600. If you haven't seen that, you should just YouTube yeah. it, watch that race. That one, that one's kind of one of the, uh, one of those like viral comeback story videos. So I, yeah, I'd encourage you to watch that one. Yeah, I for sure will. Yeah. So you, you fall, you run a time that's, you know, not all that impressive. Um, we know why, but <laughs> coming into the meet, you already had the overall state record in 300 hurdles of 4202. And you come out in the final, you beat that by over half of a second, 4148 to, to, for a new personal best, an even better state record. Did you know, like coming in that you were fit enough to do it, that you were in the forum to break an overall record? Cause what you did last year was already super fast. Um, well at the start of the year when I did the three edgy hurls for the first time, I got, I can't remember what it was, but it was like super close to the 4202, like milliseconds. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I was not expecting that. And then, um, the, like the beginning of the year, I like set a goal with my dad. I was like, I really want to get a 41. Like I, I'm so set on doing it. So every meet, almost every meet when the weather was good, I would run the 300 hurdles. And every time they'd be like 42, 14. And I'd feel like, oh my God. And my dad would just laugh at me. And he'd be like, Kelsey, that's still a good time. And um, so finally getting it was just kind of like, oh my gosh, like it finally happened. But it didn't like feel, it didn't feel like I ran a 41, which, which was weird. I think I was just really in my head after I fell. I was kind of thinking like, and hoping that I don't fall over anymore. But uh, after I did it, I was like, dang, I was not expecting that. Yeah. Was the, so was the wind on the, how was the wind on the, on the track? Cause I had some people texting me who weren't at the meet and they were like, bro, there's no way all these times are like wind legal. And like from the stands, it looked like the wind was like blowing a little bit, but what mm-hmm. were like conditions like for you on the, the 300 track? hurdles? Wasn't, wasn't bad. Um, because you you start on that kind of like a curve almost you're only mm-hmm. on the straightaway for like I don't even know how long it is but so that one wasn't bad but the hundred hurdles you definitely like when they didn't give me that um time you definitely could feel that the wind was really strong there yeah yeah and for the listeners that aren't quite sure so in the prelims Kelsey ran 1408 which would have been a state record had it not been for i believe the wind was 3.9 meters per second on that one Mm -hmm. so above the two meter per second legal limit but you got close in the finals i don't know what the wind was in the finals but you ran 1436 yeah Uh, so you're knocking on the door you're you're right there for the 100 hurdle Uh title now you put yourself in elite company this weekend and you had already had a state record overall state record in the hurdles but one thing that i thought was so cool was throughout you know, the last decade, 
Laura Raisler's name has been kind of the name in North Dakota track and field. And uh, you broke one of her overall records. She had run 2401 uh, at some point in her career. Um, we've always said before, too, the lists aren't like super great, but she ran 2401 in the prelims. You go 2399 and then you better that in the final and go 2394. Uh, what does it feel like to put yourself in the same conversation as Morgan Milbreath, whose overall state record you broke, and Laura Raisler, who had the all-time North Dakota best, and you, you break that. Uh, have you come to reality, and like, how cool is it that you're being mentioned with some of those names? No, it honestly, it is like crazy. Like, it is just the only word I can ever think for anything is just unreal. Like, being ranked in the 300 hurdles, and it's it is unreal. Like, I think about it every night and I, I watch my videos every night and um you know I watch other people's videos and I just like it's just crazy to think that like you've come so far and and in the 200 I I had no idea that I ran a 23 right away I was like oh like I didn't even know I could do that because we were in Howard Wood and the the record there is like it was like 23. I don't even know. It was a low 23. And I like looked at that and I was like, oh yeah, right. No one's going to break it. How is anyone going to get like a 23? Like, I think I told like Elise that and she was like, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of crazy. And, and then uh, I go to the state meeting and I run that and I just looked at the board and I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess it is possible. Like yeah. it's, it's not, it's not impossible. So it is just, it's crazy. So Laura, Laura was at the meet, so she was getting inducted into the Hall of Fame. Did you get a chance to talk to her? Did she come find you? I didn't get to talk to her, but she did hand me one of my awards, cool. if, if if that counts for anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, we, we had her on early, early in the podcast. And yeah, she's, she's really, she's really great, really like down to earth and a genuine person. So hopefully you get, you get a chance to talk to her and, you know, rub it in her face that you're better than she was and or whatever, however you want to take that conversation. Yeah. That's up to you, but. So, so are you going to go after, if you've got one of her records now, uh, are you going to get her 53 25 that she ran in the open four? Oh my God. Somebody asked me that and I was like, Oh, three seconds, you know, 400. <laughs> that's, that's a lot. <laughs> like I didn't even think I could run a 56 and then I did that and I was like someone someone said that to me and I was like uh, that, that one might be a stretch that one might be a stretch <laughs> so you kind of alluded to this earlier your dad is your coach correct yes so what does a lot of your training look like throughout the season and you're a multi-sport athlete track isn't the the main focus but when it is track season's turn how, how do you prepare throughout the couple months leading up to the state meet for this um, we, we don't run, we don't run like, um, a lot on our bodies. Like we don't do a bunch of, a bunch of reps of different things. We keep it short and we don't have a track. So we have like an indoor like rollout mat and it's, a uh, oof, I don't know how long it is. It's not very long, 60 meters, 80 meters, something like that. And so he bought like these like timer things and he, we do like 10 meter flies and 40 meter flies. Mm -hmm. And then we do X factor day, which is just a lot of like um, jumping and, and working on like um, explosiveness. So we just keep it really light. And we've traveled to Harvey's 
um, or Fezidin, their track. They let us use that. So that's pretty nice of them too. So I can work on hurdles there and, and be on a real track and work curves and stuff. And how many times a week do you do that? You get to go to Fezidin. We we only did it like towards the track, the state track meet. So you don't work on hurdles at all, except for when you compete at the meets. No, I do. Um, we set up like three in the hallways. Okay. Like okay. Yeah. So, so you do get a little bit of work. Yeah. Uh, man, maybe you should just stop telling people that. Just say, yeah, I don't. The only time I ever hurdle is when I'm at the meet. <laughs> I don't practice cool. at all, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh that's that's pretty impressive i i've done a few like hallway like class or like school hallway workouts and they are not fun they're not fun it is hard to breathe it gets so stuffy (laughs) yeah is there anything you do to to like keep it it like do you enjoy that or, or is like winning enough to make it enjoyable or what are what are some things that you do to I don't know, get through like tough training conditions like that. Um, it, it, it helps that our team, I think is just so close. Like we'll be sitting there and we'll be making jokes and stuff and waiting for like the next set to start in. And, um, I think that's, that actually is a, a big aspect to track is just having that team chemistry. I think we had a really good team this year. And, um, I think that gets me through a lot of the hard workouts and, um, yeah, just really that. So we know you're a volleyball player. I'm assuming you play basketball too. Um, yep. so what does the summer look like then for you? Are you going to basketball team camps or like volleyball team camps? Will you do any AAU track or USATF track? What was the next uh, three months going to look like? This year we're trying to get to some bigger track meets. We were going to try and go to Oregon, but we're not really sure now. Just it's, it's pretty expensive to get there. But like there's um, we're going to try and make it to some track meets just kind of closer, probably. Um, I've started speed (laughs) with my dad um, on day two. So first day was horrible. I almost passed out. It was so bad. Um, But uh, a lot of lifting and speed and um, there we're going to try and make it to a few basketball camps. And and volleyball. Every year we do a lot of volleyball camps. So just a lot of a lot of sports stuff. Yeah. Staying busy for sure. I kinda yeah. wanna go I kinda wanna go back to the to the team thing. So obviously winning four events, you get forty points for the team. You were I can't remember if you were in the lead as a team for like the team title at state. Yeah. Or like like almost till the very mm-hmm. end. Did yeah. you ever think that I mean because uh, Central Cass ended up winning, mm-hmm. I believe. Did you ever think that maybe you were gonna kind of come away with a with a or a state team title just on I, the points that you scored? I really wish it would have happened. That would have been really cool. But um, if our if our relays would have qualified or placed in the um, on the podium. We would have got just a little bit closer, but unfortunately it didn't happen this year. So we're definitely going to go and try, try again next year. But uh, I remember last year we got fourth. We missed third by one point. And my dad was like, next year we're, we're not getting, we're not getting fourth. We're getting on the podium. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So like before the meet, he's trying to plan out um, 
how we need to like win the street, the meet. And I was thinking, Oh, he was like, well, Kelsey, you just need to get four first. And I was like, okay, thanks. Yeah. No pressure at all. I got that, I guess. (laughs) And, uh, and then, um, Ava Peterson, she's a javelin thrower. She, she plays. So, um, so that was actually really nice. Added a few more points and, Honestly, I think we could probably get it next year. Yeah. Well, we, we had a teammate at NDSU who won the Minnesota state meet, uh, by herself. She was the only person on her team that qualified scored 40 points. So it is possible. It has been done before. Uh, and obviously it seems like you guys, you have teammates that are in, you know, kind of those scoring positions as well. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we'll be on the lookout for that. So I'm sure at this point you've gotten a ton of letters from coaches and people reaching out to you. And I would have to imagine is track the sport that you want to compete in in college. Yes, for sure. Yes, for sure. So have you, are you willing to share some of the letters or some of the coaches you've talked to? Are you keeping that on the down low or how is, Um, how is that world? I'm sure a whirlwind of a process going. Yeah, it, Honestly, sometimes it does get a little um, not frustrating, but, you know, you just start thinking about it a lot and you're like, oh, I don't want to make the wrong decision. But Mm -hmm. honestly, I don't think there I don't really think there can be a wrong decision. I think you can kind of make it make it your own. Um, But uh, I've talked to NDSU and and UND and um, Minnesota and South Dakota. And then some farther places are Utah, uh, Nebraska, and Kansas. I think that's that's. And I'm sure that's not going to be the end of the list either. So, (laughs) (laughs) recruiting. Oh man, I, I think I only really ever talked to like two or three schools, and even that was like so much. I Mm -hmm. like, it's like yeah, it's weird. It's exciting because you're. Uh, I like to know that people noticed me and stuff, but it was like yeah. terrible at the same time. It's like, I don't know what I want to do. I don't know anything. Yeah. Honestly, I didn't know anything about these teams or the conferences that they were in or like yeah. the history or any of that, you know? So it's just, just kind of a lot to take in. And especially when you're talking to somebody who seems to know everything about you, uh, yeah. and you know, nothing about them. It's kind of, it's kind of a weird position to be in for sure. So. Yeah. yeah. They always ask me if I have like any questions for them. I'm like horrible with questions, and I'm like, no. And they're like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, I don't have any. <laughs> I can't think of any. <laughs> yeah. Man, well, tell you what, you take all the time you need to think of questions. Enjoy the process too, because like you do only get this season of your life once where you're trying to figure out where you want to choose a school. And and it can be a lot, but it can also be so much fun. So soak it up and enjoy it and make the most of it. Yeah, I will for sure. Sweet. Well, Kelsey, we are for sure going to have you on in the future because we want to hear more about uh, training and kind of getting your start and track. And you, you've come from a very athletic family. I feel like that, uh, that story has been written a lot about the Belquist family and, and being so athletic. I think I just saw one on the forums website today. So Maybe it was yesterday, but we'll ask you more about that at some point. But congratulations again on such a tremendous state meet and 
we're super excited for what's ahead for you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Man, what an interview with Kelsey Belquist. We're super happy that she was able to join us on the podcast. That was one that's been long overdue, but congratulations, Kelsey, once again on a great state meet. And we're really excited to see what uh, you can do in a few weeks if you run at nationals and, and what you can do next season. So, Pam, there was a lot that went on at the state meet. and You were our boots on the ground. I wasn't there. You got to see a lot of good stuff. And I mean, can you sum it up like in one or two words, three, four, uh, what your experience was like? Man, it was, I'll just say it like this. It was another great state meet. The weather was about as good as you could ask for. I was correct. It did rain, but it was like, I can only say that because I felt like three drops and then it was sunny again. So, uh, <laughs> The rain mostly stayed away and, you know, over three days, you know, it, it was nice and a little bit windy, but it didn't slow the times down, you know, excellent races. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about some of them, excellent competitions in the field too. We'll talk about some of those here. We kind of got a, a lightning round of, of highlights and, you know, we, we got some, some, some inside info, you know, from, from Kelsey and her perspective on her races. So we'll try and talk about some of the other, other events that, uh, yeah, let's let's just get into it, Ryan. Where where should we start? For sure. All right. You know, I want to point out two things. One, it was a symbolic rain. If it was only three drops, but you felt it, it was symbolic, if nothing else. Uh, hey, and then, but I mean the the betting the the bet stands. It did rain. I pay up. You know, whatever <laughs> we bet, we bet nothing on it. So I guess I don't get anything. But the other thing that I want to point out is you said you know the wind wasn't much of a factor, not in the sense that it slowed anyone down, but that it sped a ton of people up. Okay. Yeah, a couple, a couple of, a couple of state record or would have been state records were it not for the wind. Uh, I got a, a couple of, I, there was a couple of conversations that I was in where we were kind of surprised that it wasn't actually more, uh, races where these records were, yeah, you know, like, uh, invalid because of the wind. We, we were kind of surprised, but you know, wind in the bowl can be a little tricky. You know, you never know which way it's, it's blowing and you know, it's North Dakota, you know, gusts sometimes still others. So we won't, we won't, it's not a weather podcast, so we won't dwell too much on that, but no. So here's how this segment's going to work. We know you want to get to the interview with Dylan McLaughlin and we will get there, but we are going to, we've got eight topics on the list. We're going to give each one 90 seconds for Cam and I to break it down. When we hit our 90 seconds, we move on to the next one. So, Cam, we're going to start with the men's 4 by 8 and I'm going to hit start now. And Class A boys, 4 by 8 Bismarck, you know, we thought they were down. We thought they were out. No, they still got it. They do it again. So the Class A boys state record in the 4 by 8 a record that was previously held by Minot from 1981 Ryan that is the was the second oldest state record uh that was still standing the only one older class B boys long jump from 1970 Rich Goff of Grandin so uh man class A boys you know we thought maybe Williston would uh would challenge uh with Ethan Moe you know the 151 guy in the 800 he he was closing hard tied up a little bit couldn't quite get there but man Bismarck 
still got still got that dynasty status in my mind. You got 35 seconds to give a shout out oh, to Bowman. Man, and the, the Bowman boys, you know, taking down the class B state record as well. A legendary, legendary uh Newtown team whose time they beat uh Bowman showing us they got they got the they got the team. And we knew that. We knew that from Cross and we knew that from you know the the seed times and everything. So yeah, that new that new town team that they take down, Chase Hale, Robert White, Jalen Chase, and Ryan Wheeling, like an all-star yeah. team. And yeah, that, uh, that was record, like, was like the new town team. Yeah. The new town team. So all right. Hey, we're pretty good as far as time goes. That's a pretty faint timer that goes off in the background, but uh, we're gonna move on to the next one. So cue it up. Red River Girls. And I said in our preview episode, keep an eye on those Red River Girls. They took second at the state meet, you know, building off their second place finish from cross country. It was a lot of the same athletes that contributed, but they got wins in the javelin, wins in the 400, um, just a few names to throw out. So Jossie Schiller, we saw her put up a ton of points in the state basketball final. She's going to UND for basketball, but man, I bet Jim Camp wishes that he could get her out for track because she goes out, she wins the 400. Then comes back and helps out on the four by eight and the four by four, and Red River wins both of those as well. So, what's new? Jocelyn Schiller is winning more state titles, but she's not the only one. Like we mentioned, we had Lauren Dosh win the eight hundred. She goes two thirteen thirty three, which is just crazy. Like, yeah, another another one of uh, Laura Raisler's records that seems untouchable is her two ten seventy eight, and. Uh, you know, Dosh put up a good fight and yeah, just all around really good. And um, then Javelin, we can't forget about the Javelin. Ella Wiper wins with a throw 136, four inches. And I don't know. Red River is, is turning things around in the, in that side of things. So super excited. Actually Javelin, they've always been good, but some of these other events, they're getting wins for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Red River, quick shout out, Logan Harrison, uh, Red River sweep boys and girls in the javelin. So, uh, yeah, like you said, Red River jab kind of little dynasty there. Yeah. I, okay. I know we went over, but I got to throw out the statistic. So coach Tandeski, yeah. Tim Tandeski, he was my yeah, geometry teacher. He was my, I think my algebra one teacher. Wait, he is that is, why he's such a good throws coach? Because he he can find he knows Sokotoa and he can find the the forty five degree angle that needs to be you know everybody needs to throw at. Yeah, that could be it. I don't know for be. sure, but anyway, the Red River Track and Field had posted something the other day, and I'm trying to pull it up as fast as I can as we speak. But he's the coach for both Red River and Central Javelin throwers. Yeah. He helps out with both, and he they call him the guru because here's these stats. He's coached 31 individual state champions in the Javelin, 137 state place winners. And then on the all-time Class A boys list, he's coached five of the athletes and eight of the top 10 uh, overall uh, for that list as well. So eight of the top 10 best ever in Class A are products of Coach Tandeski. And then on the girls' side, on the all-time A girls list, he's coached four of the top 10. So... Yeah. And he's been inducted into the Hall of Fame. Uh, but huge shout out to Coach Tandeski. Yeah, respect. Okay. Going on to the next topic, Cam. You got this one? Yeah. So, I mean, we've talked about her throughout the the whole track season. CeCe Daybaum, the uh, 
the commit to University of Nebraska, another impressive state meet from her, four t- four titles. Uh, she wins the 110 hurdles. She wins the 100, wins the 200, and wins the four by one. Um, not to be honest, like the the open events was not as dominant as I expected, but she had good competition. You know, Michelle Gee from West Fargo and, um, you know, a, a winner, a true champion finds a way to win, you know, regardless. But man, let me tell you that four by one, she got the baton. She was on the anchor. She got the baton, maybe, I don't know, best guess, 10 meters back. And she just starts hauling, you know, and it's like, I don't know if she's going to, but as soon as she got the baton, it's like, it's over. She's got it in the bag and she probably won by five meters at the end. Uh, so that was really exciting for me to see uh, more than more than her three individual titles. It was like, yeah, that's that's the that's the athlete you want on your team. That's the CC day bomb that we we know. And uh, yeah, just like I was saying before, this is great to watch great athletes run. So, yeah, Whitney Carlson's overall state record in the long jump survives another day. CC yeah. didn't long jump. Um but she walks away as state state meet record holder in the 100 and the 100 hurdles. So um, congrats, Cece. Okay. Great meet for her. Great meet for her. She's long overdue on the podcast too. Yeah. Yeah, for we'll, sure. We'll talk to our people. They'll get that set up. So yeah. Kim, uh, tell us a little bit about my not triple jumpers. And I... I don't want to give myself too much credit here, but I called it. I totally called it. it. I said, watch out for the Minot boys, triple jumpers. And you know what? They went out and did their thing. One, two, three. They got the sweep. Uh, You love to see it. Uh, Man, let me just say, so all all three of these guys from uh, Minot held the lead at some point. uh, And man, on the final jump, it came down to the final jump. John Williams the third broke the minor school record. He jumped 46-5. Uh, second, Anthony Brown, 46, one and a half. And third, Grayson Schaefer, 45, 11 and a half. That one, two, three. I, I even think there was a Red River athlete that was in the mix there, uh, coming down to the end. Uh, so man, the the jumps, at least on TV, man for like professional track and field, the jumps do not get the credit. They did not get the storyline that they deserve. Sometimes uh, competitions like this are what make the jumps so incredible. If you watch it through the whole series, you know, you get to see these lead changes and, and people one upping each other, you know, just, just a great competition uh, on the field. And man, you'd love to see, love to see depth in, in, any event, you know, we see it in distance. I've said that number of times we saw it in the sprints from legacy. We see it in the jumps from Minot too. So, uh, man, great, great competition. Yeah. I actually heard that they're changing their nickname just for the track team from magicians to Uber eats. Cause, cause they deliver. Oh my goodness. gracious! <laughs> okay. With that being said, let's, let's go to the next topic. On. There is nothing worse. I wasn't even there, but in my soul, <laughs> I trembled just thinking about ending the amazing state meet with 10 heats of the four by four. Oh. Can, we, can we please change four by four and the four by two? Let's flip flop them. Let's have the four by four prelims on Thursday. Give them a day's rest and then do the finals on Friday. There is nothing worse than having to finish the meet on these four by fours that, just so long so slow 
both class B uh, on the boys and girls side. They each had three heats. We don't need that. We don't need that. So, and tell me the last time, and I'm sure like I always do, it probably happened last year, but how often does someone really score out of like heat two in either of the class A ones? So, yeah, I, this, I couldn't this tell is my that. issue. No, man, I couldn't tell you uh, about the scoring thing, but I agree. Uh, it might be a tough sell, you know, adding that extra 400, you know, I'm sure somebody would be upset about the, the event balance, but man, I agree. It is, you know, the, especially day three, man, the meat moves so smoothly, you know, everything's a final, everybody's hyped up and man, to, to have to just wait through Everybody's kind of tired at that point. It's been a long, long three days. There's got to be something done and we don't want to take opportunities away from people that qualify. Um, I don't think we, I don't think the solution is limiting the number of qualifying teams to not have to do a prelim. Uh, but man, yeah, something's gotta, something's gotta change, man. No, it's easy. Just switch it around. Just have a four by four prelim, do four by two. Uh, just, yeah, just do have it in final. Like you don't need a prelim in a final for the four by two. So that's, that's where I'm going to stick with. So I, I would, ra- I'd rather watch 10 heats, the four by two than 10 heats, the four by four. Oh, okay. Okay. I see what you're saying. Yeah. And the, yeah. the four by two is earlier in the day too. So it doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't, I mean, it would disrupt the flow a little bit, but, but everybody's got to have a little break to go get a Norm's burger or a Norm's yeah, bride. So, yeah. Are the, this will be my last thing on that, but are there typically less qualifiers in the four by twos? You know, I would imagine it's probably about the exact same. And if I'm lightning quick, I can pull it up. But you think there's um, as many as three heats of four by two prelims? Girls four by two, there was three heats. Yeah. Three okay. three full heats. And boys oh, wow. also had three full heats. So um with but I guess it's a nine lane track. So there was they had eight teams in each heat, so three teams to spare. And I can't imagine like we're just magically gonna get three more schools to qualify next year. So yeah. Maybe, maybe, but I just think you could. I'd rather watch ten heats of the four by two than ten heats of the four by four at the end yeah. of the meet when everyone wants to go home and everyone's right, right. kind of over it. I mean, if you're going to do it that way, you could even just put the you could keep the four by two where it's at. You just have the you know if there's no prelims and finals, just just time final on Friday for the four by two. Yeah, we'll you don't change gotta, change something, you know, because then that way you can still have the whole meet. Then, then literally the whole meet on Saturday would just flow right through, you know, all finals. Yeah, but, it'd be really, it'd be really nice and way more hype. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll touch on that in a little bit. But okay, next topic: starting the timer. Brooks Turner. This man needs his flowers because he's gonna walk away with a state meet record. However, he almost crushed the the all time best mark and it's a shame because i don't think this will end up on any lists anywhere but for those of you that don't know brooks turner comes in the prelims runs 1402 that broke ryan todd hunter's uh all-time state meet record I, and that's another thing we gotta talk about how we we label records all-time versus yeah. state meet here i am messing it up but todd hunter ran 1410 at a prior state meet in 2009 had the state record Brooks Turner says not today goes 1402, but then in the final runs 1369. And I am looking, it is on the all time list, but wind aided just barely uh, 2.6. And so he doesn't get the state meet record 
the bowl record is one that seems untouchable. It was 1393 by Weston Lloyds. Unfortunately, Brooks Turner won't get that one either because of the wind-aided time. I'm sure Lloyds' time came with a gusty regular season meet at Bismarck where they didn't take any wind, if I had to guess. But um, yeah, Brooks Turner is going to NDCU. Super excited. But dude, what a time. So good. Yeah, dude, it was it was an amazing, amazing race. And I didn't notice the wind uh, at the time. Uh so I, from the stands, I thought, man, that was, that was a clean race. He broke 14. That was, that was amazing. I was freaking out, you know, but, uh, yeah. What do you do? What do you do? Was was that Still, one of the, was that just insane? The bold that it erupt when that time went on the scoreboard? I think, I think it was, I don't know. It was, you know, sometimes it, yeah, I don't know. Fans can be weird. Something, you know, it's tough to to remember if you're if you're not paying attention at the right moment when somebody says what the record is. If somebody runs like a really fast time, you don't really notice it. So uh, honestly, I I don't remember. Maybe I was just too dumbfounded with it. I texted you in like all caps thirteen sixty nine. What yeah. you know? And then you had to break my heart saying that it was wind aided. But man, yeah, dude, I'm just watching the the replay. Uh, Alex Heinert from Midco Sports, great follow on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted out a, a video of uh, of him to uh, run in that that race, the thirteen sixty nine. Man, that that time is thirteenth in the U.S. this year. So, and he also cleared six six to win the high jump title. So, I mean, athlete. Yeah, dude can get the job done. So, yeah, congrats, Brooks. But we got to go on to our next topic, the dive. Cam, did you watch this one? Oh yeah, I was there. It was awesome. We were sitting uh like right in front of some uh Carrington fans and and parents and stuff and they were losing their mind. Oh man, I it it made for I'll I'll, I'll say it like this. The dive made for good TV. It's kind of frustrating. Diving is kind of frustrating for me though cuz I've always heard that it's like actually a slower uh, way to finish like you're you're better off just having a well-timed lean and striding through the the finish line but i mean i'm not going to take away from from the heart that these two athletes showed uh putting it literally putting it all on the line to try and win a state title man Crazy. so so electric see that that's the thing like the the stadium at the bismarck bowl went way crazier for the dive than than for you know brooks turner running that 1360 whatever time so i mean it's kind of what it's kind of what looks more impressive sometimes you know and in the close tight races look more impressive than somebody who's running away with it and setting a a state uh you know like a state record for sure because of it even though everyone there is mostly there for track itself right it's hard to be a fan for every single event so to know that you know a good hurdle time but to watch two guys go to the line dive it out and Let's Everybody. we got we got to say names here. Logan Weninger from Carrington yeah. gets the win over Henry Nelson from Hillsboro, uh, forty nine seventy one to forty nine seventy four. That was also a video I think someone was trying to make go viral. It, I don't know if it did. It uh, I think it did a little bit. I mean, Miles Split picked it up on did uh, they? Yeah, on on Instagram. So that, that's viral enough for me, I guess. So uh, that's all you need. That's all yeah. you need. No, that's a good point though, Ryan, like people understand competition, people understand, you know, a close race way more than they understand times or distances. And, man, guys like you and me, we love the records. We love the times, but, uh, we also love just 
putting it all out there. A good dive at the end of a race. For sure. For sure. Okay. Our last topic. So we've gotten through all of our bullet points. Central McLean on the girls' side. So, you know, big shout out to Central Cast. They tied for the overall Class B girls team title. Yep. But we've seen Central Cast. They, you know, they won state basketball. We know that they have good athletes. But Central McLean, I'm like, where did all these points come from? Because these yeah. are girls that we didn't really, you know, shout out or mention in our preview episode. But let, let me just break it down for you. So Adeline Eng, okay, she was big this weekend because she took second in the long jump. Okay. She takes third in the triple jump. Okay. Then she helps her team take six or excuse me, third in the four by eight. Yeah. And wow. then central jumper McLean. and a four by eight runner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And she's only a sophomore too. So really impressive. Then, okay. Other team or other athletes, I should say, um, they got a win from Daisy Sparrow in the javelin um, wins by not that big of a margin, but those team points ended up being big. Morgan Snyder, who's just an eighth grader took six on the 400 and the 800 there you go. Uh, on their four by four, she was on that, and we'll touch more on that in just a second. And I'd have to look at the four by eight, but I would have to imagine she was probably on that one too. Um, and four by eight, it looks like they took third as a team. And sure enough, Adeline Ang and Morgan Snyder, you know, both on that one, so getting the job done. But four by four, get this: Central Cast is up by ten points at this point. But Central Cast didn't have a four by four, which really surprised me. And I've gone back yeah. and I've looked at the results about a million times. It's like there's no way they didn't have a four by four, but they didn't have one. So Central McLean to win the title knows that they, and not even win, but to tie the title, yeah. they know that they have to win the four by four, and they do. Beautiful. Like talk about gutsy, okay? And that was Anna Sikchenko, Natalie Whitcomb, Leah Jacobson, and Morgan Snyder. So. Only one graduates. They ran 402.84. The state meet record for Class B is four flat. So, you know, there's a chance that they could do something good crazy. Time. Yeah. 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 So, man, anyway, not, just had to give them their flowers. Yeah, dude. Not to not to make it about that four by two, four by four, you know, kind of comment that we had earlier. But, man, I, I was there and I didn't even realize at the, at the time, you know, maybe that was, that was my own fault, but you know, you almost wonder if the drama of them having to win to tie for the state title was lost through, through all the heats of the four by four. And, uh, I don't know. I think there's just, there's room for improvement there. Yeah. Cause you you gotta, you gotta sit through and not taking away anything from those athletes, but you gotta sit through two heats of girls four by four to get to the last one. And honestly, like to to the casual track fan, it's like, okay, we'll, we'll do all these times. Why are we running this many races when it only comes down to the last one? Yeah. And it's, it's no, it's, I don't think it's any disrespect to the athletes, but it's like what I was just talking about earlier. It's, uh, people understanding competition way more and way better than they understand times. And when you have to run multiple heats against each other, it's, you know, time is the only factor that you can compare them against. And so, you know, it's like, am I, am I going to be, you know, am I going to remember that the winner of heat three ran four ten, And then am I going to compare that to the winner of heat two that ran four Oh seven. And then do I have to remember that to compare it to whatever heat, you know, one runs or heat three runs, you know, I, it, it works, but it can be better. 
always be better. So, hey, that was more more than the 12 minutes that was supposed to take. Hopefully not too much more. I don't have an overall timer, but uh, there was a lot of other great things that happened at the state meet. We'll try our best in the next few weeks to keep highlighting, maybe get some more guests on to talk about it. But yeah. uh, if there was something that we missed, let us know. We always love hearing your guys' feedback and uh, we're, we're sure that we did, but we got to get to our next interview. Uh, we were able to sit down with Dylan McLaughlin, the Bismarck legacy sprint star. He's had a phenomenal season and you're going to hear from him about how it's not quite done yet. He'll be heading out to Nike nationals in Oregon in a couple of weeks to race there. Uh, we asked him a little bit about his training leading up to the season, how to compete, some interesting health things that he had to deal with along the way. But overall, it was a really great interview. We're super excited that we got to sit down with him. Um, and without further ado, let's let's dive right into that one. Man, Ryan, it was great to you know get to talk to Dylan and you know kind of hear his perspective on on a busy state meet and kind of the challenges he he had to overcome uh, to get there. And man, we'll uh, he'll be in Fargo next year, so you know sounds like he he's dipping his feet into your realm, the multi Ryan, and uh, you know we'll we'll see how that goes for him. Yeah, it'll definitely be fun to watch. And, um, you know, another thing we didn't talk about in our big rundown, but just how many kids from the state meet that excelled at the state meet are heading to NDSU next year. So yeah, that's one thing we've always said is it's it's great, but at the same time, we're always, as fans, disappointed when people go off far away because it's hard, just naturally harder to keep track of them. But it's going to be great to have all these athletes in our own backyard. Yeah, yeah. And, Ryan, I see that NDSU track and field shirt that you're wearing. You know, we can – you know, I hope people, you know, my, my intent in, in bringing this up is to remind people of our potential conflict of interest, not to toot my own horn or to, to remind people of the athlete that I used to be, but, you know, both competed at NDSU. So obviously a little bit of bias there, you know, we, we kind of root and pull for, you know, the, the North Dakota athletes to go to, to where we went. Cause we had such a great experience there, but, um, you know, anyway, the last thing I'll, I'll say Bye. on that, and then we'll end the episode, yeah. but uh, Penn Relays, they always used to do a USA versus the world and be the US team versus, you know, they bring Jamaican sprinters or yeah. they bring people from all over. And University of North Dakota has opted to recruit internationally. Yeah. So I feel like just NDSU versus UND, it's not just a rivalry anymore. It's USA versus the world. North Dakota versus North the world. North Dakota so versus the world. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. make it. We'll make a poster for that and hype it up. But yeah, I love it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. We've just been blown away by the support that you guys have given us um, in all facets of the podcast. Like we've heard so many great things from Summit League Championships and we're, you know, that was a while ago, but we're still so, so stoked that we've been able to do that. And we continue to look forward to partnering with the Summit League in the future. We surpassed a thousand followers on huge. Instagram. I That's thought we were going to have to do some like silly contest and we we probably still will at some point, but uh yeah we we reached that so a huge milestone for us and some of our posts getting you know triple digit and quadruple digit favorites on social media it's really cool yeah. and yeah oh, tens of thousands of accounts reached in the last couple of months so we're uh yeah it's been really fun and we hope that you're enjoying this journey as much as we are cam there's maybe one other little update you want to give do merch on the way Merch on the way. 
Do I tell them what it is? Uh, you know what? If you follow us, you saw a little, you saw a little sneak peek. We got some bucket hats on the way. We just got them from the embroidery shop today. So, uh, pretty excited to get those out to you guys and, uh, uh, going to do a little, uh, little photo shoot, uh, here and get some good, good model pics of, of them. And then, then we'll get them out to you guys. Uh, so yeah, be on the lookout for that. Yeah. Beyond excited as always reach out, let us know, uh, who you want to hear next ideas for the podcast. We've got some interesting ones that we're in the work with, but thank you again so much. Uh, thanks for listening to the episode and we'll see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back with our second guest of the episode. We are super excited to have Dylan McLaughlin with us. Dylan is a three-time state champion coming off of wins in the 100, the 200, the 400, including an overall state record set in the 200. Dylan, we are super excited to have you. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Dude, first of all, great setup. So are, are you a big gamer with those headphones and that comfy looking chair? Uh, Yeah, a little bit. What are you playing right now? Um, man, I've I'm kind of in a down spot right now. Uh, always been a big Destiny guy, but game's gotten a little slow lately. So, yeah, and you probably like haven't had a ton of free time on your hands either. Oh no, <laughs> maybe in like a month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, Dylan, we just kind of want to go through and and recap your state meet. But first, let me just ask you, like, has it set in yet that you, you've won three state titles? I mean, not really. <laughs> um, I'm kind of waiting for all that uh, for after nationals next week. So kind of just trying to stay focused on what's to come and let everything set in later on. So you guys, national, you guys headed to Pennsylvania for, is that where New Balance Nationals is? We're going to Nike and Eugene. Okay, right on, right on. What events do you got on the schedule out there? Um, we are running the four by one, four by two. We're all running the open two, and I'm running the four hundred. Awesome, sweet. So you basically have a, another state meet lined up. Yeah, pretty much. So the first thing I want to ask you about is, you posted something about how you said. I told you I was going to be back and I don't think the state meet quite went the way that you wanted it to last season. Um, but just tell us a little bit about kind of your disappointment in your junior season and kind of how that fueled you in this off season leading up to, to 2023. Well, last year, well, just years prior, I I've had really bad luck with the state meet. Um, I was supposed to go for realized in eighth grade, but, missed it because of injuries um and then COVID freshman year and then um I tore my patella tendon triple jumping sophomore year so on my first jump and then last year um the year or the the week before state I pulled my hamstring um trying to qualify for long jump because I hadn't long jumped yet that year and then tried the 100 at state and I pulled it again in prelims and then everything from there was pretty much a mess. So it was definitely motivating um, this year to come in and just treat like 
I don't have this chip on my shoulder just to go in, try and stay calm and compete to my best ability. You feel like that's the way you compete the best is, you know, when it just kind of laser focused, you're not using like sometimes people, you know, use that chip on their shoulder to like get them fired up or to get them angry. It's kind of just like the more calm, like business approach, kind of what works best for you. Um, in meets. Yeah. So that chip on the shoulder is the motivating factor for practice. But when I go into meets, I want to make sure I just stay nice and calm and, um, I've had heart problems in the in the past, so if I get too hyped up, then it would uh, get out of control, and um, it kind of just became a habit to try and stay as calm as possible going into the blocks. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a a good decision. Yeah, <laughs> that's a very that's a very mature thing to do. Like, I it I used to just try and listen to the, like the most upbeat, like crazy music before races and just like drink caffeine. Like I was like, gotta get fired up. Cause that's what you do in like hockey and teams for soccer, team sports, football, whatever. And it just never worked out for me. So I like started listening to like classical music before races and stuff, just trying to like calm myself down. So dude, I, I totally know what you're talking about. Yeah. So it takes. yeah, coming into this season, you guys had competed indoors a little bit. You went to New Balance indoors out in Boston and put together some really like eye-catching times. Like your four by two for indoors uh, would have, I think that would have been an overall state record, Yeah, uh, what you guys did. And just tell us a little bit about some of those guys that you've gotten to compete with. Um, you know, Talon, Reese, Nathan, those guys who've uh, kind of been right there with you this whole season because they had awesome individual seasons. And then when you guys kind of came together, your guys' relays seemed pretty much unstoppable. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, being able to have competition every day, push yourself, it's uh, it, it's incredible. Plus, they're all goofy guys. They make uh, everything more fun. I get a little too serious at times. They kind of let me have that ability to take take a step back and have fun with it so yeah training partners they can make all the difference um just tell us like so they calm you down like what okay how about this like if you were like the ninja turtles okay <laughs> this, is, this is just kind of random question just thought of this. okay if you're, if you're like one of the ninja turtles like which one would each of you be are you familiar are you big ninja turtles fan no, I never really got into it. Okay, we can we can move on. Just... Ryan, you totally dated yourself there. Dude, I think that that's like our era. There's there's like a bunch of new Ninja Turtle movies coming out all the time. Yeah, but I think we'll, they're just. We'll, we'll keep... Yeah, let's move on from the Ninja Turtles. <laughs> but how about this? Tell us what you bring to the group then. Like, uh, if they are kind of the calming presence, like, are you the one that's like kind of the lead motivator, getting them fired up, or like, how how do you um contribute to that foursome um yeah i'm i wouldn't necessarily say i'm a leader when it comes to that because we're all leaders in our own uh in our own way um the ones i'm probably uh like the quote-unquote coach of the group i guess um in the the winter season because we all did um quite a few unattached indoor meets it would call me coach dylan so uh i would probably say i'm kind of like the coach of the group i always try to um help them tweak for when they're doing 
uh, any kind of technical work or sprinting or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So like Ryan said earlier, wins in the one, the two, the four going into the state meet, uh, which one did you want the most and which one did you think was going to be the most difficult for you to get? Oh, the most difficult before hundred percent. Um, so I hated the four for a long time. I never could run one. Uh, I mean, like I said before, hurting myself sophomore year with triple jump, I was always a jumper. So in the past, the 200 was too far for me. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the four definitely looked like it was going to be the most difficult, but, um, I, I actually had a lot of fun with that one, but, uh, the, I, I wasn't too worried about um, the one or the four. I, I really just had my sides, sights dead set in the two because the 200 is my favorite event. I just wanted to go as fast as I possibly can in that one. Yeah. yeah. So what changed then? Like for the 400, you said it was out of your wheelhouse there for a while. Like what do you think like flipped the switch for you to make that into an event that felt attainable for you? Um, well, in this off season, in the winter season, we, uh, us four did a bunch of, um, speed endurance training. Cause that's what we all lacked. Um, really just try and get stronger, see if we can increase our speed on the last 50 meters in the 200. Um, but, and I think that really helped my four. Um, but I, I think probably the biggest help was I had a heart surgery back in August. So I had, uh, Superventricular hypertechnicardia, um, and on top of that, I had ventricular tachycardia, which a combo of that was not very healthy. <laughs> so, um, my heart rate would get to three hundred plus in a workout, and mm. uh, the four was just not very fun when I when I had that. So I got that fixed, and it definitely helped a lot when it comes to stuff like that. Yeah, talk. I mean. That sounds like crazy. Like any sort of heart surgery is like insane. Can you like, how did you find out you had that? What was that whole like health journey? Like, well, I kind of already always knew I had SVT. I mean, um, that's ran in the family. Um, but, um, over the summer last year, I decided to officially get it tested for, so I can get it dealt with before I went off to college. And then they found I had VTAC which was a really bad problem because my heart could have literally just stopped at any moment. Um, so we ended up going to Mayo, uh, got an ablation, got that all fixed and we're all good. And um, definitely makes doing what I do a lot easier. Yeah. Could you, could you tell like the difference, like almost, almost right away or what, what was like the recovery like from that surgery? Um, well, my heart was good immediately. It was, it was different because, um, my heart would try and go into, um, SVT or VTAC, um, but it couldn't, so it would feel a little weird. Um, but after a month felt fine. Um, the, I couldn't do anything for like two weeks though, because of, uh, where they went in. Right. But, uh, um, other than that, it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. And obviously it, it paid off. Cause like Cam said, you get three wins, 
just tell us let's go event by event so the first one you would have raced would have been the 100 and you run 1075 in the prelims just tell us you know was that how did that set the tone for like the rest of the weekend oh man that that 1075 was the whole second day was I'm not going to lie, it was bad. Um, I couldn't sleep the night, per- night before, so I was running off of two hours of sleep. Yeah. So the entire second day was just a drag. Um, and then I got a good night's sleep that night, and then day three was a million times better. and That's how it went. <laughs> yeah, and like the rest of your performances on day one, the 200, you turn out 2172, which... Still a respectable time, forty nine seventy four for the four hundred, um, but considering you'd ran forty seven earlier in the season, you know, yeah. a ways to get almost two seconds off your best. But it's a prelim, um, yeah. so you know you get more sleep. And then, what did you have to do to kind of mentally prepare yourself for day two, or what did you do to, you know, you said you're laser focused, but what did your routine between nights of the state meet look like? Um. Well. I just want to make sure the body was good. So I, I ice bath, got a lot of good food, me, um, made sure I got plenty of sleep. And then, um, that final day I just went in, not trying to worry about anything, just let everything that I've done training wise throughout, um, the last year take place. And if I win, I win. If I lose, I lose. How cool is it to have, uh, so many of your teammates make the final of the the one and the two with you. It was, it was so awesome. Um, cause I don't, that kind of thing just doesn't really happen. Yeah. Having yeah. half of the final being one team in two events. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know. I, it was just super, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It was, it made me feel more comfortable because I knew that they were my biggest competition in both. And um, I knew how that race came out because we've done it multiple times throughout the year. um, And we've done it every day in practice. So um, it just made me feel a little more comfortable. Um, Let me be like, Oh, this is just, just normal day. Cause it's not, just new people like it is at state for most people. So, yeah, we, we talked about that a little bit kind of like throughout the season. Like you see, you see distance programs pretty often, you know, put three, four guys, you know, up on the podium all at the same time. Uh, we've seen, you know, biz high do that, you know, throughout the years and stuff like that. But, you know, it's pretty, pretty rare and pretty special when you see, uh, another event group, you know, be it sprints or the throws or whatever, you know, put that many guys in a final. And then obviously you guys had the, the one, two, three finish. So that was, that's what I was hoping for. Uh, I was rooting for that the whole time. I just think that's so cool. And you can, you know, sweep the top three places. Um, yeah, just tell us what, like the, when you, when you saw that you, you guys had done that one, two, three, uh, what were the, the emotions and, you know, what was that like? It was it was awesome seeing that. Um, I mean, I think I I wasn't too worried about Nathan and Reese because uh, I knew what they can do. But I was I was super excited for Talon. It was his second year doing track, and he comes in 
with an eighth place finish in the one and the two last year, and he comes in and gets second in the one and two. It, it was pretty awesome. I mean, seeing his progression this year has been insane. Um, but just with all of them, it was it was awesome to see because they're like my brothers. So seeing your brothers do so well is awesome. Yeah. Now, legacy, like you guys haven't been around, you haven't been to school that long, but you already have a pretty deep, rich history. So, I mean, you think back to like Brandon Lewis, Alex Brusso, and then obviously a couple of seasons ago, we saw Caleb Larson rewrite the record books. So, first, I want to hear a little bit about kind of how you looked up to those guys over the years. And then, second of all, you know, you broke Caleb's overall, or yeah, you did break. Uh, you tied it like his overall overall you got his state meet record so just tell oh, yeah. us what both of those kind of address those um well I, I was new to legacy i moved to bismarck here just over two years ago so i didn't really know um brandon lewis and um alex bruso but um caleb was uh definitely someone to push me um, seeing what he could do, it really motivated me to be like, I want to be at that point my senior year. And uh, um, coming in 200, I, I was telling him, because I'm pretty good friends with him, I've been telling him pretty much the last six months that I'll, I'm coming for his record. You know what I mean? Okay. So yeah. uh, it was it was pretty nice to see um, when I tied his 200 overall record and then broke his state me record it was it was pretty awesome yeah um yeah i just remember two years ago like the marks he was putting up was insane and we almost like put him in a category of man it's gonna be a long time before anybody touches these marks and i think he's 400 probably has a little bit of time left in it but yeah um yeah just cool uh that track is progressing and that you know, we've had multiple guys this year that were so talented. And then, like Cam said, even cooler that you guys all come from the same team. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And... You... Sorry, go ahead, Dylan. No, you, you can go. I was just going to say, like, you think it's just kind of chance that the, the sprints and the, the jumps have been so strong from Legacy since you became a, a school? Or uh, is there is it your coach? Like, what's, what's in the water at Bismarck Legacy? Um, well, there's obviously a bunch of talent out of all of us. Um, so there's definitely a luck factor there, but Clem, he's a special coach. He, I completely believe that he is probably top five high school sprint coaches in the nation. He's that good. Um, so he, he just does something with us that you go into season, you just feel confident because you're like, oh, well, this guy's going to treat us right. He's going to make us do some special things. Yeah, you. I mean, there's only... What am I trying to say? Do you know if there's like anything like special that he's doing different from, from other coaches? Or, uh, I, you know, it's kind of a tough question to answer because there's not really any way to know what uh, what other teams are doing. But what's kind of... What's like your average day at practice look like? Um, well, he just the biggest thing is we just sprint like every single day. Um, like even um our more volume based days, like our lactic days, there's not usually many reps. It's all out 
like every time. So, um, but I, I think the biggest thing with him is that he cares about every single individual and uh, he will make sure to talk to you and to help you in a way that works for you. Um, and I, I don't know what it is, but he can read people really well. So yeah, he knows exactly how to push people in the right way. And I think that's a big factor of it. Yeah. I, I, that's a good point. I do think that is kind of like the it factor with coaches that you can't really like explain what it is, but if they're able to connect and, you know, explain, explain, you know, the training to you in a way that you understand. And that's like motivating to you because obviously everybody has a different personality and, uh, if they can do that, then, you know, that, that, that's a pretty good coach. So that's, that's cool to hear. So Dylan, earlier this season and you know part of it probably was like you know you had some bad luck at state meets and we don't comb through all the regular season results and so i'm like dylan mclaughlin where did this guy come from because you were putting up some pretty eye-popping times and so i find on instagram just some scary videos of you in the weight room just getting after it just tell us a little bit about like is that is that your special place is that your happy place the weight room Cause it looked like you were from those videos. You're pretty comfortable in there. Yeah. Um, I've kind of familiarized myself with the way room the last few years. Um, I, I definitely attribute a lot of what I've done to stuff I've done in there. So is it familiarized yourself with the weight room? Is that kind of a way of just saying like you're a meathead, you get after <laughs> it. I mean, I, I wouldn't go that far, but, um, it's, let's just say, I haven't been in a weight room since before indoor nationals and it's been weird. I have not gone this long without hitting a weight room since probably seventh grade. So, uh, dang is, coach, coach Mead is going to treat you right at NDSU. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I can't say anything. I said, yeah, like I know what the weight room is like at NDSU. <laughs> yeah, I only went there for the chocolate milk and the granola bars and everybody knows it too. So, <laughs> From what I've heard, though, you'll you'll fit right in in the weight room at NDSU. <laughs> Dylan, I just have one more question about the state meet, uh, and then I want to ask you a little bit about NDSU. So I was really shocked to see that you long jumped uh, at the yeah. state meet. Clearly, you're a, you're a great long jumper. It's something you've had success in. But after seeing you guys, you know, like the four by one, four by two, I thought for sure we were going to see you in a relay. Just tell us kind of what went into that decision to long jump versus to uh, hop on a relay. Um. Well, that was, I, in hindsight, I wish I would have done the four by four instead, but that call was from Clem. Uh, he knew it was a higher risk because I am probably the most inconsistent jumper you will ever see. But um, I knew that I had the ability to go out and win. And that's what we would have needed for, team title so that was the biggest thing for it so okay i i lied i have one more state meet question okay we us being from the eastern side of the state there's been a lot of chatter about four by one and and you guys getting the rerun now you weren't on that but i we gotta just hear from a bismarck perspective you know what it what did you see number one and then like just like the rerun, it never happens. Like when your guys' yeah. team found out you were getting a rerun, just kind of what was, were there murmurs through team camp? Like kind of just tell us the the whole process. 
it was stressful and I wasn't even running it, <laughs> yeah. but, um, so I, I was watching from the opposite side and I couldn't really see it because the tent for where you're starting your events from, like where you yeah. check in, it was kind of in the way. So I didn't really see it, but, um, I ended up getting a video and it showed that there was an interference from the anchor leg of, um, lane three. So our, our third leg guy, Evan Hoffer, um, he had to like almost dodge him, like move around him. And when you're, when you're running top speed on a curve like that, trying to hug the curve as much as possible, pretty hard thing to do when you dodge someone. So, um, obviously I didn't make the decision and I know a lot of people are upset with the decision, but, um, I think with my biased opinion, the decision was right, but uh, there's not really much else I can say on that. That was, that was said like a true politician. Well done. Yeah, that was a, it, it is tough though. Cause I mean, it's, it's not like we're, it's a, a, a professional, you know, meet where you got cameras from, from all angles. So there, there's only like so much, uh, or like review, you know, video review evidence that you can go off of and, yeah, I don't know. It, it's definitely, I'm glad I was not in that position to, to try and make the decision for that one. Uh, yeah, I wish for as like objective as track and field is as a sport, you know, it's like, oh, the fastest person across the line wins. Uh, it seems like there's always some tricky like rule crap that ends up happening, you know, on all levels, you know, high school, college, you know, and pro where it's like, wait, why? Why is it like, I don't know, but yeah, it was, is like Ryan was saying, it's interesting to see. There was two reruns that day, one in the, in the women's one hundred meter hurdles. And then that four by one. Uh, but do you, you guys remember, uh, I don't know how much of like a pro track and field fan you are Dylan, but, uh, like the U S uh, women's four by one got yeah. like a rerun at the world championships, like five years ago or something like that. Yeah. I remember and, exactly what you're talking about. Cause yeah. Um, Allison Felix was interfered with by what, yeah. France. Yeah. I, re I remember seeing that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not, it's just, so, yeah. So like rare, you know, so uncommon, but yeah, I guess it happens on all levels and I don't know. You can't just, can't just let somebody into the final without, you know, right. letting them contest, you know, a time. So anyway, interesting, you know, ins and outs of tracks it's like what else do you do i'll quit yeah. i'll i'll, I'll yeah. get off my soapbox <laughs> let's, yeah let's keep moving on so you've committed to ndsu you're going to be a bison this fall and as former bison uh cam and i are pretty excited that that's the decision that you made just what went into the decision and uh what are you looking forward to at ndsu i'm looking forward to the multis actually Ooh. Um, yeah um me stevie and uh shep we've talked about uh me training for decathlon and uh seeing what i can do there um so i'm i'm really excited for that because i think i'd be really good at it mm -hmm. okay what's so you haven't hurdled you probably haven't done any of the throws you haven't vaulted i have, have thrown you... Okay, you've thrown a little bit. Have you vaulted with Coach Weiss at all at Legacy? No, I haven't. 
Okay, so which out of the ones you haven't really done? So I guess basically hurdles or pole vault. Which one is uh, are you more nervous for? Oh, pole vault, one hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, I've heard a little bit. I I did the six year hurdles this indoor season. Um, it did not okay. go very well. Um, <laughs> uh, so I re- I've touched a pole probably twice. So it's going to be interesting, but I'm not too worried about it. From what I understand, Shep is a, a great pole vault coach. So. I'll just say, you know, I have a nine foot six PR in the pole vault. So as a distance runner, if I can do that, I think you'll be able to figure it out. You'll do just fine. <laughs> I don't know. Nine six is a pretty, pretty high jump. Uh, no, it's not. <laughs> it's like barely higher than the highest high jumpers in the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's all, it's all about speed on the runway. That's a my, you know. I, I feel like that's what I've heard. So, I mean, you clearly got that figured out. You just run as fast as you can, hold on to the pole, launch yourself over the bar, and uh, great success. Yeah, hope it doesn't break. Yeah, 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 exactly. There you go. Well, Dylan, we are super glad you were able to join us on the podcast. I'm sure this isn't the last time we'll hear from you. We'll want an update at NDSU and uh, enjoy your summer and good luck at Nationals next week. And uh, represent North Dakota well. Oh, of course. Thanks for having me.